Welcome to the Rainbows and Rain podcast, the podcast for early interventionists. My name is Erica, and I'm an early childhood special education teacher in Minnesota working in early intervention. This podcast is about connecting through stories and bringing research and best practice to life on the road and on real visits. I hope this podcast helps you connect and reflect on your own practices with families. You can find the podcast on Instagram at rainbows underscore rain underscore podcast. There is also a Teachers Pay Teachers storefront, and that store is called All Things Early Intervention. And there are great parent handouts on there that I've created and am still creating. There is also uh, some free resources and handouts to download as well, so please check that out. Today's episode is going to be part of a five-part episode looking at each component of coaching. There are five, of course, components to coaching, and I've never really dug into or dived into the practice part of coaching, so I was connecting with a teacher uh, who's new to early intervention and it really struck me how important practice is and understanding practice and how to get to the practice part of visits when you're working with caregivers and on visits. So I kind of dug into some of my resources and I put this on Instagram a couple weeks ago. Like first I took a poll about the five components of coaching and by far the one that came out ahead of all others was practice. So as being the hardest component to implement. And I, I, I would absolutely 100% agree with that. I was also speaking to a new teacher, like I said, in early intervention, and she was feeling kind of stuck in what am I going to do week to week? So it just struck me as you need to dive into practice and get, and get good at practice. So, and being comfortable in that component. So I did dig into my resources from Dana Childress and her book, which I highly recommend. Um, I've recommended it multiple times on multiple podcasts and I'm blanking on the, blanking on the, um, the title right now, which is not good, but it will, it will come to me again. Um, so anyways, but it's by Dana Childress. It, it's brand new, or at least, you know, it's only a couple years old. Um, but anywho, she has some great self-reflection pieces in there. And I took part of her self-reflection from practice. So when you're coaching, practice the strategies. So think about this question for yourself. I convey the idea to the caregiver that each intervention visit is a practice session for the caregiver and the child. And I also took a poll on this as far as sometimes, all the time, never. And there was definitely some inconsistencies there. And so for myself, I convey the idea to the caregiver that each intervention visit is a practice session for the child and caregiver. The most important time to convey this message is at the very start of services. 
So, and then it needs to be revisited during the first couple of visits. So parents don't really know what to expect. They're coming to early intervention with little to zero knowledge of, you know, what is this person going to come into my home and do? And what are we going to do? And how is it going to help my child? And am I going to know how to help my child? So there's all of these unknowns. So think about how you do this. Is it just that like a one one sentence line during the meeting or when, like, how do you do this? Um, How do you convey this idea? It can't just be something that's said once. It needs to be said multiple times um, on different occasions. So, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, Another self-reflection, practice the strategy. I use modeling as a teaching tool to help the caregiver learn to use the strategy. So obviously, without a doubt, many people said they do this because modeling as therapists, as teachers, comes very naturally to us. However, there is a difference between intentionally modeling and then modeling just to model and kind of just what we call hopeful modeling. Like we did it. They saw it. Now, hopefully they do it. Um, Intentional modeling is a little bit different, um, but it's typically a teaching tool that many of us use and many caregivers benefit from. Okay, the next self-reflection. When I model with the child, I'm sorry, when I model with their child, I shift the interaction back to the caregiver so the caregiver can practice and feel successful. So most of us model. Some of us are intentionally modeling and some of us have more skills to master before we get there. But usually where modeling breaks down is when you don't shift it back to the caregiver. And the last part where we want We want the caregiver to feel successful with the child. So when a child does something for us, obviously parents are happy, right? Oh, he did it. Look at that. But it's even more, it means more when their child can do it for them. So I strongly encourage you to flip the script. So find what I call catchphrases to to do that. So whether it's do you want to give it a try, you know, after you've had this successful exchange or you know, so have some kind of invitation that says to the caregiver, now it's your turn or do you want to turn? Or do you want to try that? Or do you want me to show you first? You know, maybe even before you model because they might want to do it. Um, And a lot of times their child has a very low threshold, you know, for trying. So if you're only if you're only going to get one attempt in, let's try and get it in with the caregiver and not so much us. It doesn't mean as much to us as it does for them. So I think that's that's a prime opportunity to kind of convey that message that this is a practice opportunity for you. Yes, I just did this and I just modeled it. But how are you going to do that next time or when I leave or tomorrow? So, you know, do you want to try that again next week 
when I'm here. Come up with those phrases, those staple phrases, so you're ready to convey that message. And honestly, I I use the same staple and staple catchphrases every time where eventually my caregivers that I'm working with, they just start catching on like, oh, she's going to ask this. I got to be ready. Or um, I just become really predictable in in the home visit. And they, they eventually know what their role is. I help the caregiver practice during routines and activities that are natural to them and in real time. This is tricky, and again, this this definitely showed on the Instagram, um, the Instagram poll. So, you can't plan natural like you can, but you don't you don't bring those routines with you, right? So, if you're in early intervention and you're still kind of using the bag and want to let go of the bag, um, this is definitely something most people report that they struggle with because we're comfortable with the bag. Like we know what's in it. We know what we can do with the things in it and so forth. But um, natural routines and activities will appear while you are there. You just have to be really good at seizing those moments and seizing those opportunities and being really quick and on the fly. So I'm trying to think of some of my visits I've had recently. I've had a lot Um, but you know, so this, this is just kind of sticking in my head because it's, it was really recent last Wednesday and the, the caregiver and I were talking and the child was eating an apple and he kind of just kept shoving it in mom's face and in mom's mouth. And she did, you know, she, she was like, oh, we're feral around here. And she took a bite and then she's like, oh no, I'm all done. Like, mommy doesn't want anymore, but he kind of kept, and he doesn't use any words to communicate. So he kind of kept um, pushing that apple, like, towards her face and in her mouth. And she kind of just kept, like, shaking her head no and telling him no. And I just said, hey, what if he doesn't want you to eat the apple? I said, what happens if you fake eat the apple? Like, num, 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 num. And mom did that, and he thought it was hilarious, and he was satisfied, and he kind of walked away. And then he come back, and he did it again to her, and she went, oh, num, 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 num. And he was satisfied um, with that interaction. He looked at her. They had this kind of shared enjoyment and shared reaction. So... A lot of things were happening in just those few seconds, but mom wasn't catching on that he was maybe trying to interact, but using my observation skills, it was like, he's being really persistent, even though she's saying no, maybe that's not the message he's sending. Maybe this is not about taking a bite of the apple and taking turns. Maybe this is about, I want to interact with you, mom, and I want to interact this way. So that's a really brief, simple explanation of seizing a moment, you know, um, seizing a moment and, and asking the caregiver, like, what if you did this? Or do you want to try this right now? In that same visit, we were talking about throwing things away. And because he kind of just left the apple on the floor. And you know, she said something to the effect of, 
or maybe I asked, I'm not sure. But basically it came out that he wouldn't know to follow the direction, go throw that away. And then I asked, do you want him to know that direction? Do you want him to be able to do that? And she said, well, yeah, that would make sense that he would, he should know how to do that. And it was like, well, let's try it. How are we going to have him pick up the apple and get the apple? And how are we going to get him to understand that he needs to throw it away? So again, um, situations will appear. Opportunities will appear. Trust that they will appear. Trust that your eye will see them and you'll be able to seize and practice opportunities um, when they appear. But it is difficult. Um, Next question. I coach the caregiver from the sidelines and fade my support over time so they feel the joy in their accomplishments that they can do this without me. Again, this is also about like we want them to feel successful. Um, All parents are overjoyed when they see their child, you know, score a goal or, you know, ride on two wheels for the first time or, you know, do whatever, whatever it is, learn to read that word for the first time. But it's, it's so much more meaningful if it's, if it's them that's facilitating that learning. And, you know, we want them to feel that. I don't, we don't want to take that from them, or at least I don't. Okay. Last one, last self-reflection. I do my best to be patient and celebrate practice whenever it happens. And I heard recently, or someone asked me recently, well, what do you do when the caregiver doesn't practice what you, what you guys did on the visit? I said, well, then there's a breakdown in something. And you need to find out why it didn't happen. Was it, in a, was it something that there just wasn't the opportunity that week? There wasn't motivation. Something else came up. New priorities. Um, what was it that got in the way of that practice? So it's all about kind of coming back to the planning part of the practice and things like that. But practice is really hard. Don't get me wrong. It's also the meat of the visit. Most visits, you know, at some point we need to practice stuff. I think discussion, observation, joint planning, some of those things are a little bit easier to tackle. But it, when it comes, because it's almost like we're giving the caregiver a direction, which feels super awkward because we're in their home and it feels uncomfortable. However, um, things are already uncomfortable in their own lives um, with their child when we're not there. So the fact that we're there to help is a comfort. And I have yet for a caregiver to ever be like turned off by something I've asked them to do, asked if they're comfortable doing, asked, you know, um, you know, that type of thing. So practice, it, it takes a lot of skill and I don't have another word for it, but practice to practice practice. If you're really struggling with coaching and early intervention and what visits should look like, there is an episode, um, called How to Conduct an Early Intervention Visit. And it goes uh, through all those components, kind of walking through a visit. However, it's not something that you can like plan for. There are visits where I won't have any practice 
maybe, because it's been all kind of observation and problem solving. And then we get to the planning part and then the visit is over. So then it's like planning the practice in between the visit or planning the practice for the next visit. So practice doesn't always happen on every visit, but, um, you know, typically it happens somewhere. And also there is a document that is for free on Teachers Pay Teachers. All Things Early Intervention is the storefront. It's, it's called How to Conduct an Early Intervention Home Visit. It's a document I used with my student teacher a couple years ago. Um, it has great links to resources, um, Rush and Sheldon videos, um, intentional modeling handout, things like that, um, all free resources that I have found on the web. So if you're really struggling, I strongly encourage you to seek that document out. It Again, it is free and has um, links already built in there for you. It's a Google Doc. So practice takes practice and don't feel discouraged that it's maybe not happening as frequently or it's not happening on every visit or you're feeling stuck during a visit. Like I said, a teacher came to me and said, you know, I'm just really struggling with what am I going to do on it like week to week. And it's like, it's the practice. It's implementing the practice. It's going beyond the suggestions. Coaching can't stop at just the suggestions. Um, it, you know, that's, you know, that's where we start, but it's like, then you got to get to the practice and the problem solving and the observation and then the fine tuning until you land on a successful strategy that's being implemented in a successful routine. And then you move on to the next one. And as you're coaching caregivers and as you're moving through the early intervention process, they will get better at this too. So they, they will start to predict what's going to happen on visits and it will become easier. The more predictable you are, the easier this gets. So let me give you an example. I start, let's, I'm going to do this backwards. I end every single visit with how do you feel about what we talked about today? And do you have an idea of what you're going to work on between now and the next visit? What are you going to work on? Or what are what is your priority between now and then? So I end it there and then I record what they say. Um, you know, I write it down. And then the next time I come, if I'm not checking in in between visits, I'm going back to their words. At the end of our visit, you said, or last time I was here, or last time we communicated, you said this. Tell me about that. How is that going today, right now? And then let them share and then move on from there. Is that something you still want to work on? Or is there something else you want to work on? So get predictable and your caregivers will come predictable as well. So anyways, check out those documents. Um, This is now a five-part series. So this is part one, practice. And I'll be going into the other components of coaching in the next few episodes of the Rainbows and Rain podcast. Please join me again. 
And don't forget to look for the next four episodes that dive further into self-reflection and coaching.